The following podcast is produced or sponsored by community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. And hello again. Welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast with Coach Q right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network and simulcasting on BMC channels 8, 9, 28, and 29. Hello, everyone, on the simulcast. <laughs> Don't forget that you can get these, uh, you can get links to these conversations on your various social media sites. Follow Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook and on Twitter at TOST BMC. Coach Q is also on Twitter at Q underscore Coach, as I will bring that up. And uh, there it is. And, uh, also, uh, you can follow uh, BHS Football at Marauder F Ball. And of course, a reminder these are interactive shows. We want to hear from you. We'd like you to be part of the show. I just checked before we started recording. We don't have anything for the coach. We don't even have get well wishes or, or something saying we're, we're glad you're better. I mean, yeah, he's, he's yeah, already yeah. well. We'll get that in update momentarily. But uh, please, any comments, anything you got for the coach, uh, please uh, go on to Twitter. Use the hashtag Q's4Q. That is Q-S-F-O-R-Q. Is if you're watching us on the simulcast, you can see that on the bottom of your screen. Again, hashtag Q-S-F-O-R-Q. That is Q's. For Q. So with all that out of the way now, uh, I'm Todd Bloody. I was from the award-winning uh, Time Out for Sports Talk monthly television show. I'm very glad uh, to once again uh, be joined. I feel like we're kind of starting the season over again yeah, here because it's yeah. been about a month since we had you it's in here, Coach. It's been a while. It's been a while. But uh, we're very happy. Uh, so before we get into football, uh, you know, why don't you give us a quick update uh, on your health? Uh, I mean, I guess the good news here is you know, your treatments are uh, are finished, so yeah. you, you're feeling good. Um, yep, my treatment, my radiation course ended on um, September 16th, so I'm about two weeks post the end of treatment, um, which is a great feeling. Um, it was great to get done. <clears throat> it's been a long road. I think I said it to somebody the other day that, you know, your blinders are on so fiercely during treatment and during post-surgery type stuff that I didn't really recognize, I think, until the end about you know, how much this thing really did take out of me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've lost about 35 pounds throughout the entirety of this process, you know, and um, still can't taste my food. But uh, this last week was the first week without severe pain in about three and a half months. So um, to to live without that is, <clears throat> man, is, is, a, is a great feeling. Um, still a bunch of side effects to fight through. Uh, it'll take probably another two, three weeks for my taste to really start coming back. And, um, you know, it's kind of a constant, constant process. Um, but the, the, the hard part is, is done. Um, and it feels really good to be done and, and, uh, kind of opportunity to take stock at what that whole process was. And, and a lot of people who were involved in, in helping to take care of me, you know, that, that, I think I finally realized for the first time how scary this was for the people around me um, as much as it was for me, you know, and so kind of starting to get the opportunity to pay uh, back, you know, my, my brother, Mark, and um, my, my business associates down at I2SM, you know, uh, you know, who, who helped keep the business going and keep, you know, pick up my slack and, and take care of me at the same time, you know, um, I get an opportunity, an opportunity to tell those people, you know, and my family members, you know, thank you for what it is that they did. Um, 
<clears throat> so I'm 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 happy to be in a happy to be done more than anything. Um, it was a really really long road, um, and it definitely opened my eyes to a lot. Well, with regarding your your weight loss, and then between that and the clean shaven <laughs> beard, I I swear you could pass right now for a high school freshman. I mean, I'm you know, youthful. You, you know, you, I, I mean, I, I think uh, it's the you're first, skinny and clean shaven. You can definitely pass the, for a high it's school. It's the first right? time I've been under 200 since I was probably 13 years old. Um, and uh, what was the thought behind the shaving part of it? You, um, you got I, rid of the, I, the Mario I just irradiate. Yeah, yeah. The the mustache. Uh, the radiation was taking it. You know, it started to take some pieces like on the left side of it and it was getting a little lopsided there. And, uh, you know, that was just kind of a, you know, time to get rid of it thing. Uh, if I can't, you know, it's my oncologist says he's a mustache guy. If you if your facial hair is not symmetrical, it's time to cut it off. Um, and so that 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 led to that um, taking a little bit of use, getting getting used to being a skinny guy. Um you know, and, and getting accustomed to that. Um, but trying to kind of keep a lot of the things going that were a big part of my life. Um, you know, my, like I keep talking about my brother, Mark, man is, is a food is medicine guy and is just super in tune with stuff that can help, you know, deal with some of the side effects and healing processes on the back end of radiation. And I relied a lot on that. Um, and I think it definitely helped, uh, in terms of my recovery and the speed of it. And, uh, trying to keep a lot of that going and just live a little bit more cleanly, um, treat my body, continue to treat my body well, you know, and, and make that something that's a regular pattern in my life going forward. Okay. Well, good, good. Glad to hear it. Well, let's, uh, let's talk some football now. Uh, you know, I was, it's funny as I was kind of getting ready for, you know, and of course we're kind of catching up a little bit too, since we, uh, this is the first time we're actually on during the season. We hope to be able to do this every week through the season. And, uh, uh, so I was kind of thinking here, uh, about the difference between watching a football game as a coach like yourself and uh, versus watching the game as a fan like myself. And, uh, (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I I was thinking about this pertaining to last week's uh, game against Reading because after the game, you tweeted, proud coach, sometimes the breaks don't go our way, hashtag onward. All good. Good stuff. Of course, that's what the coach should say. And I totally understand where you're coming from. But, but, you know, I've watched each of the last three games that over the last three years that you guys have played against Reading. And... uh, it's my my take on Friday's loss after watching the Marauders, especially after watching you guys go up ten nothing at the half. You're think you know I'm thinking to myself after two hard fought losses to these guys, this is going to be the year you finally go. You know you're going to pull one of these close games out, and so I was kind of left feeling a little more frustrated uh, after the <laughs> final whistle. And yet you uh, and I understand. I know you have kind of a newfound appreciation for for life and everything, and we've talked about that. We talked about that in the season preview, but uh, yeah. You know, that game seemed like it was there for the taking, and yet you guys led most of the way, and then Redding came back in the second half. And third straight year, you guys lose to them by a single score. And it's yeah. just, uh, I mean, I found it frustrating. But you explain <laughs> your, let's hear you, let's get your take on it, because I already know. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I mean, I would be lying if I said I wasn't frustrated. I mean, you know, it's a 1916 loss at home to, you know, in a game that we, that we controlled for, for most of. Um, so I'm definitely frustrated by the loss. Um, there were some things that were outside of our control that contributed to that victory for Reading. You know, I mean, we can't control flags, you know, there were some big flags and big moments that kept drives alive there. 
Um, that's not something that we can control, right. you know? Um, and so we tried to stay rooted in what we could control. And, and we knew that they were going to come out in the second half with a little bit of fire in their belly, and they certainly did. Um, and I think we might have outthought ourselves a little bit and tried to change a little bit of what we were doing that had been working well um, up until that point because we were kind of anticipating that they were going to adjust. And there's just a lot of learning moments for us as a football team <clears throat> in that game. Um, doesn't change the fact that I'm super proud, you know. I mean, that's a that's a team that, you know, was one and one against two really tough opponents um, as kind of preseason slated to win the league, and, and they're the powerhouse in the league this year. Obviously, we've, you know, had some hard-fought games against them. Their local paper picked us to lose 34-6, to six, you know. And, and, and it's it's, for me, it's like kind of an opportunity for us to hopefully show people who this team really is and who we think we got, you know? Um, so I'm frustrated by the loss, but I'm encouraged by what it means for us going into the rest of the league, you know? And I think that, that last Friday night was about this team finding its identity against a quality opponent, uh, both offensively and defensively, but especially offensively because the problem wasn't offense, wasn't defense against Wakefield, you know? And so, um, being able to do that bodes well for us for the future, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I'm bummed we lost. Uh, we could have won that game, maybe even should have won that game, um, but we didn't. So we have to look at the reasons why we didn't that are within the sphere of our control, you know, um, and get better. I mean, Reading had to make a bunch of plays to win that game. That touchdown catch on the far sideline, man, against yeah. Brenny, you know, like that kid made – I've watched it a bunch of times. That kid made a tremendous catch. Man. You put, there. Yeah, you know, you throw, that, you throw that ball, you know, seven, eight times, man, and, and – he probably catches he maybe catches two of them like that, you know. I and think he had two. He had two mm -hmm. really good catches in the he game. He did. He had one early against yeah. Preston, and he had that one down the sideline that went in for six against against Brenny, who was in because Justin, our our one corner, had to come out for a second. And you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, sometimes that hand is enough to knock that ball loose in good coverage, and sometimes it's not. You know, and and our kids are hardworking kids, so you know we'll we'll take that. You know, if we if that's how we're going to lose a game, that's how I want to lose a game. I prefer, you know, I don't want to lose, but if I have to lose, I want to lose like that. Um, so I was encouraged. Well, talking about game uh, strategy specific to the game, too, I, this always comes up, and I know, uh, you know, Bob Goodwin and I discussed this. Uh, you're at the end of the game, you're down two scores. Uh, is there ever a thought as you're trying to save time, you know, you need a touchdown and a field goal somewhere down the road. Is there ever a thought once, you know, and you know Hampton Trout's got a good leg so he can kick it pretty far. As you're getting down there, time's running out. Do you ever think about kicking the field goal quick and then going for the onside kick to leave yourself a little more time? Uh, to you know, to be able to to get a second score. Now, granted, you would need more time if that second score has to be the touchdown. I guess that's the catch. Yeah, I mean, too. I think like I think like a lot of those sort of uh, uh, call projections, uh, oftentimes, and no disrespect intended to the people who make it, come from people who watch a lot of collegiate and professional football. Uh, and this is not collegiate and professional football. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like ex executing a field goal is you know is is at a D one college level is you know an eighty percent. You know, at the professional level, it's usually, you know, a 90 to, to, to 100 percent success rate, 90 to 99 percent success rate. Maybe we're spoiled by Hampton Trout having that. And, and Hampy <laughs> and Hampy has a leg. But there's yeah. also a lot more that goes into kicking a field goal than just a kicker lining up and kick it. I mean, there's a snap, there's a hold, there's the block set up front. You know what I'm saying? And mm. we were moving the ball and we were moving the ball successfully, you know. So we're looking at that. And like when we start to get down to like third and fourth down, then we're having the conversation, you know, do we want to kick it and 
kick the onside kick and you know that which is also a low percentage play so from a high school coach's perspective like yeah i mean i get it that like that's what the numbers say if you're dealing with professional athletes or high level d1 college athletes you know for us uh even though we have a fantastic kicker you know we wanted to put that in the end zone and then we'll worry about the onside kick also for the fact that you know if we (laughs) if we recover the onside kick we have significantly less distance to travel in order to be in field goal range than to score. So if all we need is a field goal, time is a little bit less of an issue. Um, So six in one hand, you know, half dozen in the other. I mean, we need the 10 points either way. So I know like conventional coach wisdom says, kick the field goal, then onside kick, and then worry about the touchdown. Um, Again, well, you, you know, know I if, if I, I don't think there is conventional wisdom, I think you can go. No, that's con- I just think we debated that's con- what that's kick- that's conventional wisdom. What kicking right? the field yeah, goal? Yeah, conventional there? wisdom is like kick the like get into range, kick the field goal, onside yeah. kick, go for the touchdown. Well, not even Again, everybody does that. So nope. Assuming, like kind of assuming important. the big one is like assuming that your field goal is, you know, automatic from thirty out, and that's, you know, even with a great kicker, man, at the high school level, like that. That's not an assumption that mo- many teams can make, that they're going to hit 90% of those things, man. And then, you know, I line up to kick the field goal and we miss it, and we're having a really different conversation. And everybody's saying, why did he, why did he kick the field goal? He was right. moving the ball. And so. what changes the whole end of the game even more, and this adds to the frustration perhaps, you know, you watch their kicker on the first PAT just look just horrific. And there was probably a, there was a lot of issues with that. It may have not just been the kick. Mm-hmm. As you said, there's many parts to it. But you're probably thinking to yourself at least, well, you know, based on that first kick, there's probably a pretty good chance maybe he'll miss the second <laughs> kick. And had he done that, it would have been an eight-point game, and then you guys only need one score so, yeah. and with a two-point conversion. So that changes. You know, he makes it, now it's nine points. You know, you there's gotta, a lot of that. You know, like as my mother used to say, my grandmother used to say, if ifs and buts were candied nuts, we'd right. all have a Merry Christmas, <laughs> you know. and, and um, I've heard that one too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. You know, I mean, I think that like I, I always I always say this, you know, and I said it to my staff, too, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you got 40 seconds to make a decision. You make a decision. You know, we got our game plan. We have our structures. We have what it is that we're trying to do. We have our identity. We have our attitude. And, you know, we make the call that we make and, you know, we, we live with it. And that's part of coaching, you know, and, and it's 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 a, a, a hard part, you know, because like. Any head coach or any offensive or defense coordinator who makes calls, man, can go back and think of calls that they wish they had back. You know, like that fourth and two inside run tag that I ran to, to Chad. I, I want that play back. I, I, in hindsight, you know, would call something yeah. other, you know. Um, but, you know, I don't, have, I don't have that luxury in that moment. You know, I'm, lo- I'm looking at my structures. I'm looking at my call structures, and I'm making a decision, and then the play is out, you know, and it's out there, and it's let's go run it. Since you brought that play up, uh, again, I think, you know, as you've done with past years, you've got, you know, that two-headed running back monster, and it kind of appears that Francis is more of that smaller speed back and Cedric Toussaint more of the kind of the, more of the big bruising back. Is there ever a thought there? Or were you thinking at all on that fourth and two when you're kind of running up the gut, maybe you should – maybe that should be a, a Toussaint – yeah, I mean, we're more like we or... see our we see our backs as really interchangeable in a lot of ways, and that includes our fullback in, in Tuna. So, like, we're yes, that would be Ryan Santora for those yeah. of you who, um, those of you strangers checking out these uh, the checking out this interview. So yeah, oh. you know, but also, man, <laughs> I hate to kind of use grunts to 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 express myself. Yeah, man. I mean, I think uh, on for a us, tangent, why Tuna? By the way, why isn't it Toro? Why because Toro is Japanese for Tuna. Ah. Okay. Um, Continue. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, like, if we block it up, it 
it runs. And Chad's a low to the ground, tough runner, sneak down behind that those big linemen. You know, I mean, we've took a step forward as an offensive line last week. Um, we have to take another step forward in order to be successful running the ball. You know, and um, just you know more than more than the running back that we had in, it was just a bad call. You know, and that's my call. Like, but again, you know, if I call a hundred plays and you know. 10 of them are bad calls. It's a pretty good percentage. I challenge a lot of the, you know, Captain Hindsight's to replicate that percentage. It's not as easy as it looks, man. It's, you know, it's 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 tough. Um so you make some good ones, you make some bad ones and you got to live with the consequences of that. Well, let's talk about your identity when it comes to the uh, 2019 Marauders yeah. offense because it certainly looks a little bit different, and uh, uh, that's pleasant news to my broadcast partner Bob Goodwin, who wants you to go to the run and shoot. And, like, you know, uh, <laughs> well, you know, he got attempt. his wish. Yeah, well, he did. You know, I'm looking back at the at the stats from this game, and uh, you know, uh, Avery Arno uh, ends up uh, setting a, a career high in completions, a career high in attempts. He goes 18 for 31, 154 yards, which was his fourth best uh, yardage uh, game. Game of his career and the two touchdowns as well and you guys certainly compared to past years uh you were passing a lot more is that something you just kind of looked at Reading too you looked at the matchup there and said hey that's what we want to you know it just feels like maybe we should try to you know attack them more through the air yeah I mean I think that we try as a staff to look at you know what it is that we have the capacity to do against the opponents that we're playing against you know and I think that that was a piece that in all honesty in large like I'm not trying to make an excuse but in large part due to where I was at physically going into Wakefield that we didn't really get an opportunity to do as much of you know I mean because I was laid up man like I was off the practice field you know like I, I didn't get out of bed until it was time to go to practice that's how bad it was you know and then I went to practice and then as soon as practice was over I went home and went right back to bed. And so, like, we didn't get an opportunity to do the level of work <clears throat> for Wake that, that we did for Reading. Um, so we had a much better understanding, I think, of, of what we were looking at. And and also playing Wakefield and those big Mama Lukes inside there, you know, kind of gave us yeah, a like better Taj understanding. Oh yeah, kind of gave us a better yes. understanding of, like, what we are and are not able to do when we look at guys like that. And um, we were then able to take that and create, I think, a game plan that was a, bit, a little bit better suited <clears throat> for the matchup. Um, we have, like Reading, like Winchester, like Lexington, like Woburn, you know, like Arlington, we have a lot of different tools in the toolbox. You know, we some jobs call for the hammer, some jobs call for the saw, and, you know, we're, we're you know, figuring out which tools to take with us week to week. And um, those are the tools that we're repping and practicing going into the game. And, um, yeah. Well, you know, and two, uh, you know, talking about Arno's performance and the fact uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, the passing game was so prevalent uh, more than anybody. I mean, again, 18, uh, 18 completions and uh, 10 of them went to uh, Justin Rocha. Yep. It feels like those two more than any other combo really have uh, a, a strong chemistry going here. Is it... Uh, you know, is it you know, is this kind of like a Brady Edelman thing where he, where Avery just kind of knows where Justin's going to be, and, um, or is Justin's just good at getting to the spot where he's supposed? Yeah, I mean, to, I think Justin's it? a wicked talented kid. You know, I think as we said early in the season, our entire receiving core is pretty talented. I mean, Hubsy had didn't have as many catches, but he had a nice slant catch close to the end zone, and he had a really nice touchdown grab at the end of the game to make it a one score game. That you know. It's not garbage time there. No, you know, we're no, going no, into no. a try kicking onside kick. Um, McHugh, Although, interestingly enough, he's been, you know, Hubbard has been kind of been quiet. A little quiet for now. Yeah, for um, now. Yeah. 
but you know, and I think uh, McHugh over there at the S had a had a nice catch on a deep out um, that he had to go to the ground and get, and threw some nice blocks. Preston did some good stuff out there. Um, you know, Hubsy had a deep ball catch that was called back. So Justin definitely got the Lions' share of the workload, and he's a super talented kid, man. And 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 Avery did a good job putting the ball on him. Um, but I, I think we have a lot of receivers, you know. And then we got some guys in the in the role. Uh, Hampton Trout, the long run that that Preston had. Hampton Trout was at the slot receiver on that side because Matt needed a blow. He was the one who threw that block. I thought I, I remembered seeing Trout in there on yeah. one play. And and just happy, kind of a blur. happy I saw went out and threw I'm that going, block. Wait a minute, um, is that right? Yep, yeah, that's okay. right. You know, right, and big, just, big Kevin Logan, who who we haven't really trotted out there at the varsity level yet, but you know, he's he's a very capable receiver. He's about six five. You know, and and so I think we got a lot of guys in that receiving core who were who were really able to shoulder the load and do the job. Yeah, you certainly do. And uh, you know, give me a, a quick some quick thoughts on, on your two running backs here again. I mean, uh, you know, Francis and Toussaint. I mean, it, it's going to take them a while to perhaps get to that you know level, or you know, they have a lot to live up to. Of course, you know, off the guys who graduated last year. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, you know, I think first off, they're diff- Like you know, there there's always a tendency to compare backs or compare athletes to the guys who came before them, and it's a little unfair. You know, they're different guys. They're different runners. Um, I think our 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 issues for these guys in in Chad and and Cedric um, are less RB related, um, and and the line my my hogs know this you know is um, the offensive line needs to do a little bit of a better job um, for lack of a better word right we need to do a better job we're pretty decent in pass protection we're good at protecting our quarterback and we're good at some of our run set we need to get better you know um, and. That's kind of been a very, like, it's been a focus for us. It's been an impetus for us, you know, over the last week going into Reading and this week going into Winchester is going down with those big boys and saying, hey, you know, we have a responsibility to, to do a quality job, a technique-rooted job, to learn our techniques, to execute the techniques that we're taught, to try and create some space. Because Chad and Cedric, man, when they get space, are fantastic backs. If you go back and watch some of our scrimmage film where we were a little bit more successful on the ground, Man, those two guys are legit. Um, and it was to, certainly apparent in the case of Chad uh, back in the opener against Wakefield when he mm-hmm. certainly broke space. Took, took one, took one to the house there, you know. And and there were a couple of nice little runs in that Reading game too. Um, you know, Chad had a nice little windback zone that that went for you know twenty twenty five yards. Um, had a couple of up to gut runs that looked pretty good. So I think we're trending in the right direction there. Uh, but we, you know, it's it's a part of our game that needs development and needs work, and we're kind of continuously working at it. You have to be pretty pleased with the way the defense has played the first uh, two yeah. games, uh, for sure. I mean, you know, first half you shut out Redding, and uh, I mean, yeah, they, they the defense built upon how they played against Wakefield and looked even stronger yeah. this past week. We've been super excited about our defensive attitude, man. I, I, you know, and and there's just kind of a little little bit of different something in the air. Could it be um, the wrath of Quan? Yeah, my I man, my man, Quan. The middle of wrath the. Of, I was trying to. That's awesome. Like, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I'm probably yeah. going to watch it tonight. Um, well, I was a little late coming up with the wrath of the ra- joke. A, I sort of just Quan. yelled. That's I yelled Quan though, like kind of you know, like Montalban did in the original. Yeah, Star that's Trek a good movie. one. Yeah, um, yeah no, I mean, I again, we're we're using a lot of guys there. You know, we're using a lot of different players there. Um, and for me, it's uh, coordinating on that side of the ball is really awesome because I'm no longer positional coaching. 
on the defense. Coach Pereira has come back. Um, he was, uh, and he's working with our linebackers. And Coach Barge came back, and he's working with our DBs. And Coach Sai is working with our defensive line. Um, so I'm kind of able on defensive day, like today, I literally took out a ladder and climbed to the top of a storage container next to the rink and was kind of able to like watch practice from a bird's eye view during individual periods. You know, um, is that I, part of your strength training after? No, getting it was back, really cool, man. It's just really, really cool to be able to <laughs> to, to orchestrate as opposed to be micro focused. Mm. You know, and I, I got three guys who were doing such a great job positionally there that in, in Coach Siwitz, Coach Pereira, and Coach Parge that I'm kind of able to say like, you know here's what we're doing this week and they're contributing from their positional standpoints like all right go teach and then we come together for group and team and and you know i'm just calling signals but you know when we go in to make corrections on the defensive side of the ball man those those three coaching sets are going out to their respective position every time um and i have to be less micro involved which is amazing you know um and i think is is part of why we're seeing tremendous defensive success is you know we've got three really talented coaches on the defensive side of the ball coaching those positions and they're doing a great job of it you know it's not like uh you know it's not it's not me <laughs> you know it's 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 Cy and Bargy and Pereira doing having attention to detail and demanding excellence from their guys in rep in rep and practice man is is awesome well that is that I would say awesome and impressive given the fact this is such a new and young coaching staff with just a couple of guys returning from last year and the fact that already you can sort of entrust them into well to coach Bar- no but coach barge is back like he was my right. DB coach last year he left okay. he wasn't right. going to coach and then he came back to coach DBs. So he is back. Okay. So he's back now. Oh. He wasn't when we were talking. He came back oh, during the preseason. okay. Coach right. Pereira the same way. So coach, that was a pleasant surprise. Coach Pereira was my D coordinator two years ago. Dave was right. my DC two years ago. He's come back after a year off as the linebackers coach, right? Not oh, as the okay. D coordinator. Oh, so I these are two right. guys who have a bunch of experience coaching football. Oh, I hear you. Right. You okay. Know? So these, yes. Yeah, so and Cy was we... our, and Cy was our D line coach last year. Yeah. So okay. now we've got three kind of guys in these positions who are, who are not new. And, and so you jumps. have a lot more continuity than you anticipated, at least when we spoke in mid-August. Yeah, you know, I was anticipating no continuity, you know. And Dave came down to a practice one day, and we got to talking a little bit about kind of where things went wrong and if he wanted to do some work, and he decided he did and, you know, um, wanted to do it on a positional level. And then um, Bargy shot me a text um, and said kind of, you know, I'd like to help you out, and I know you're going through a rough time with this right now, and if I can help, I'd like to help. And I said I'd love to have it, and he decided he wanted to. And so we were able to get a little bit of that back in into the room. And so, you know, it makes a big difference. So that kind of maybe played a little bit as, you know, they wanted to sort of, you know, given your your what your health condition you were going through at the time, I mean, you know, that they kind of wanted to, to do something for you because they, they felt, uh, you know, so, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I think for, like you know, I think indebted is a bad or, word, you okay, know. I mean, like me and me and Dave, uh, you know, didn't grateful. They felt, you know, yeah. maybe they wanted to, you know, they just wanted eh. they wanted to show their appreciation, so they kind of jumped in and when you maybe weren't expecting them. Maybe to, I mean, so. I definitely wasn't necessarily expecting it. I'll say that, but you know, Dave and I had a had a a little bit of a. a rough departure you know we we didn't depart on the best of terms you know and so we had to um you know dave doesn't owe me anything he gave me six years of quality work you know and and i was not the easiest guy to work for i did a lot wrong you know in the in the end of that that relationship and and so for him to come back and say you know this is something that i want to do you know i i think it has more to do with like 
his love of the game and his desire to coach football. And it was an opportunity that presented itself. You know, he doesn't owe me anything and, and, and neither does Bargy. You know, I mean, these guys have given me great work for the time that they've been there. I'm super humbled by the fact that like they saw some, they saw a brother who was struggling and said, I'd like to help that brother. Um, you know, but I think that that's more a, a testament to who they are as human beings, as opposed to the sense of like, I need to pay Q back for things, you know, because that's not how this works. I mean, I need to pay them for the things they do for me, you know, and, and, and that's, that's kind of more where we're at as a, as a staff. You know, maybe we could leave it as just, uh, you know, you hire quality guys and this is, you know, it kind yeah, of I mean, I think we like, if we'd like to think like of that. ourselves as like a family and we're, li- we're doing a better job as a staff of living that, you know what I mean? And so, uh, it's, it's definitely over the years, the relationship between head coach and assistant coaches has evolved and, and, you know, it's a, it's a good room to be in right now. You know, it's, it's a really cool kind of staff room to be in. There's a lot less of the, of the pressure and, and, and I think the, the, anger or, or, you know, machismo yelling or whatever it is, you know, and that for me is a direct byproduct of, of what has happened over the last four or five months, you know, like I, I just, I'm not going to be anybody's boogeyman, you know, and, and they know that, you know, and it doesn't make us better to do that anyway. You know, we don't become better by doing that. We're become better by holding our guys accountable, by teaching, by demanding excellence, like, but not by, you know, being mad. So not to say that guys don't get mad um, or not to say that we don't get frustrated or talk about things that we need to do better. We do. But the room is different. You know, there's just, you know, we say it's like a marriage, man. You never want to go to bed angry, you know, and and we say that in our staff. We never want to walk out of here angry. We sit down every day, man, and we talk about things we did well and things we didn't do well, and we talk in church, what we call church, like a motorcycle club, like, Anybody have anything for church? If you're mad about something that happened in practice or a way that somebody spoke to you, you know, say it. Not meanly, but like, I had a problem with this moment, and here's what my problem was. And then the person who created that problem could say, well, this is what I saw, so this is what I did, And but I apologize. You know, we're all family here, man. And, and, and that has, I don't know, for me, is just the greatest lesson about all of this, uh, top to bottom. I'm just... Uh, really excited to get to do this job and I got guys who are really excited to do it and we're going to keep doing it and keep working and keep getting better. And I think this is a team that's going to win some games in this league, man. Um, and I'm excited for that because, you know, as is always the case, nobody's talking about us. So great. Okay. Well, we're talking about it here. Of course, like we coming, are we're coming up next is Winchester, but we've uh, run, we've allotted our 30 minute times. So. They're, they're very good. They're, <laughs> they're a good team this year. Okay. Um, there's your 10 seconds on the stage. They're trip, a good so, team. Uh, they got, they got a really, really good quarterback, a great running back, a couple talented receivers, but the kid, Tommy touchdown is, is legit at quarterback, Tommy Degman. Okay. Um, their running back is good. Kid Harry Kraft is a great receiver. So we're going to have to play good football to beat this team. Hopefully a more successful visit than was two years ago. Amen. Uh, for sure. Oh, as, we, as we wrap up this week, want to remind everyone once again, all of our podcasts with Coach Q can be found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcast and also on SoundCloud.com. 
soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app. It's available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. Uh, once again, don't forget uh, that you can uh, send your questions to the coach, and please do. Come on. You know, again, you, as well wishes everything. You know, Maybe just, we have uh, to go to Instagram. Send the love. Maybe we have to go to Instagram. Instagram. Because they're all about IG these days, man. Uh, Twitter. Really? Is that what it is? That's uh, what it is. Twitter. Twitter's See, dead. I don't have. I, my show doesn't even have an Instagram. I know you need it. You need an Instagram. You need uh, an IG. See, there's something. You know, Instagram to me, my first thought is it has to do with photos. As you can tell, I'm not the most photogenic person. No, in the but world. It, it's I not. I kind of like it's, things that are like less we get to see ourselves. On I mean, media, I, it's it's different. <laughs> it's different. But uh, that's where every, that's where the action is, boy. The action's yeah. on IG. Okay, let me tell you. I, I guess it is. All right. Well, uh, you know, good luck next week, uh, Coach. I also have some other bad news. We don't get the closing music because apparently uh, the laptop. I know. Was, I saw that. Well, it was working on battery, and apparently the battery went dead in the middle of da, our da, show. Da, da, so yeah, y'all have to da, do it da, in your head. Da, 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 That's da, not bad. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so until next week for Coach Q, I'm Todd Blodier. Say go Marauders, and thank you for checking out the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network.